Let's begin. Last time, we only saw October and Fish very briefly. October was still reeling from her bee sting, and Fish was about to have an epic fight with an evil skeleton wizard on an ice dragon. But you wanted to be in charge of the story, so we mostly hung out with Team Villain instead of seeing that awesomeness. Their blimp crash-landed on the mysterious, totally regular island where everything is a turtle. Simon and Sarfunkel are out looking for a pearl and an egg to cure the illness muscular giraffe sustained in the crash. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to them, Fiona and Buster, their captive elemental creatures, make a prison break. Where do you want to start? Fish with legs, the snakes, Buster and Fiona? The snakes it is. Simon and Sarfunkel slither along the jungle floor, their satchel dangling between their necks. As they go deeper into the jungle, everything is a turtle. Ooh, look! Turtle lemurs! Look, Sarfunkel, they're lemurs, but they're turtles. Yes, I see. Well, excuse me for trying to distract myself. Our friend is terminally ill and all of our dreams are in jeopardy. Muscular giraffe will be fine, Simon. Well, you should hope so. The last time you spoke to him, you insulted his skill and claimed to own his blimp. What? No, I merely... Yes, you did. It was right after you doubted my skill and told me what to do with the butterfly. Is there something you'd like to discuss, brother? Hmm? No. Let's, let's focus up. We need to help Muscular Giraffe. He's sick. Very well. So, where are we going to find a clam? You mean muscle. Pearls are found in muscles. Right? I don't know. Don't look at me like I know. If one of us would know, it would be you. You're so smart and such a great leader, and you know exactly how to cure wizard illnesses and how to deal with prisoners. I am willing to listen We should to... ask Bees in a Trench Coat about the pearls. Bees in a Trench Coat? The little bee riding on top of Sarfunkel's head perks up. Yes, Master Simon. Hey, Bees, how are you? Bees in a Trench Coat. How go the blimp repairs? We are doing well. There was very little damage from the crash, but our analysis revealed that the blimp is in thorough need of a wash. That's good to hear. Bees, we have a question. We would love to be of service, Master Simon. So, that pearl we're looking for, do you think we'll find it in a clam or a mussel? Hmm. We have some drones in the library. We are searching. 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 Both clams and mussels can produce pearls, as can oysters. Oh, so we were both right. How lovely. Indeed. Thank you, bees in a trench coat. That will be all. Very well. Please alert us if you have any further need of our services, Master Sarfunkel. You were right about the clams, brother. Are you pleased? What? I just wanted to be sure we were looking in the right place. Muscular draft is depending on us. I did not intend to undermine you when we discussed the butterfly. The butterfly? I 
have been trying to be more accepting of your ideas, brother. I would appreciate it if you would still respect mine. Look, a turtle frog! Yes, something that usually isn't a turtle is a turtle. How fun. Now can we please- No, no, look where it's going. Their tail swings around to a point as the turtle frog disappears into a pond, extending out from the mouth of a cave. Ah, well spotted, brother. The snakes slither over to the cave. It's deep, but they stay near the entrance by the pond. <gasps> look at all the turtle clams, Sarfunkle. Or turtle mussels. I don't know the difference. Through the water, an endless carpet of bivalve tortoiseshell mollusks cling to the rocks. I don't know if they're mussels or clams either, so I'm going with the broadest terminology. Well, it makes things clearer for me. This should be easy. Mm, probably not. I happen to know that pearls are fairly uncommon. Maybe I should turn the speed up, so... Oh, what? Why? We should fast forward through this. It's gonna be so boring. Okay, I guess we could do that instead. If you think it's a good decision. I just hope we don't miss the pearl. Seems important. Meanwhile, back on the blimp, Muscular Giraffe is curled up on his heart-shaped bed, swaddled in his silk robe and silk sheets. He sniffles and wipes his nose with a handkerchief. It's deep purple, with some gold squiggles stitched in the corner. <coughs> in his other hand, he has his locket. It's open, showing the photo of him and the other, older giraffe in front of the blimp. He stares at it for a moment. Bees in a trench coat hovers into a muscular giraffe's room. Muscular giraffe. We have prepared some tea for you. Muscular Giraffe blows his nose and stashes away the locket as Bees in a trench coat places a cup of tea on his zebra print bedside table. He nods to Bees and thanks. You are welcome. Bees in a trench coat lingers as Muscular Giraffe sits up to take a sip of his tea. We hope you are not upset with Sarfunkel for claiming to own the blimp. Muscular Giraffe scowls and shakes his head dismissively. We know it was through great effort that you came to own it. Muscular Giraffe's face softens. And do not worry about its well-being. We are taking good care of it. Now get some rest. Muscular Giraffe smiles. Bees pats him on the head and floats to the door. What? Yeah, let's go. Elsewhere on the blimp. Fiona the phoenix waddles down a hallway with Busterfly the butterfly on her head. Tell me about the Cattle of the Winds, because I've been having trouble reconciling being the ultimate authority with the power to sustain life and kinda not caring about mortals. Hey, listen, Fifi, we're in the middle of a daring escape right here, so what do you say we put some brakes on this ethical dilemma? Sure, sure. I happen to notice, though, that the cows lived very modestly in Windmillia, which was weird to me because the birds in the magma isles would build these huge utopias and then it would all go to their heads and it would all collapse and then they would make a new utopia and blah, blah, blah. You're a fascinating figure, Fifi the Fire Phoenix, but I must say that my mind is a tad preoccupied by a fear of a swarm of bees with one brain, a long-necked ungulate strongman, and between one to two snakes depending on how you do the math. Oh, you're really into this escape thing, huh? Yes, I need to get back to the cows. They can keep me safe. Hmm. 
I was like you once. When I tried to escape, I thought the only possible place for me was back home. Yeah, I'll outgrow it eventually. <sighs> How reassuring. Why do you think you're so concerned with getting back? Please. I promise you, Fifi, your wonderful wandering mind will wonder no more once we've won the day and evaded these... Uh-oh. Beasts. Shh. I beg you, darling. Follow my lead. Oh, yeah, I thought that was clear. I will literally do whatever you want. Buster floats down to the ground and creeps to the corner, peering around. A single bee is in the hallway, scrubbing at a cosmetic scorch mark on the floor with a tiny sponge. No need to fear, my feathered Fifi. My compound eyes count a single bee. Fiona peeks around and spots the bee. All right. What do you want me to do? Well, those buzzing bad guys are a hive mind, if I'm not mistaken. Yes? And this means if one notices us, they all notice us. Yes. So, by the calculation of this crude butterfly's cranium, we have two courses. We sneak past, or... You want me to kill it? I'll kill it. You know, for a moment there I was starting to regret recruiting you in your rudely random reasoning, but looks like I made the right call. Okay, murder it is. She hops up and beats her wings a few times for altitude, then glides quick and silent down the corridor. Before the bee notices she's there, she swoops over and crushes it in her beak. She lands gracefully at the other end. Buster flaps over and resumes his place on her head. Nice work. Let's keep going. <coughs> <coughs> I think I ate the sponge. Ah, you're immortal. You'll be fine. Buster pats the fine feathers of her head, and she continues her waddle. Simon and Sarfunkel are... They're still by the pond. Yeah, you were right. Although, if we'd sped up, they would have found it. Yeah, whatever. Agree to disagree. They have a giant pile of smashed turtle mollusks next to them, and another of intact shells. Simon holds a rock in his mouth, and Sarfunkel positions a mollusk in the mucusy rock hollow they're using to keep them still. No pearl. Sarfunkel tosses the smashed mollusk and grabs the rock. Simon positions the next. No pearl. Another discarded, another in the staging area. They're taking turns with the rock. No pearl. It's a smooth maneuver. They've clearly been doing it since we left. No pearl. No pearl. Brother. It's your turn. Brother? <sighs> this is hopeless. We must persevere, brother. Rest in peace, muscular giraffe. I'll never forget the way your strong hands give the most soothing massages. Can we please continue our search? Muscular giraffe. A kind wizard, mechanic, and friend. Simon, he's not dying. He will if we can't find this pearl. No, he won't. But if we find this pearl, his recovery will be swifter. <sighs> Simon flops limply from Sarfunkel's neck. How can you be so heartless? Muscular giraffe is probably lying in his bed, wrapped in his luxurious linens, endlessly reflecting on how cruel you were to him. I do feel some regret over my conversation with him. But what better way to apologize than to collect the ingredients for his cure? Um, you could say sorry? Perhaps, but... Oh, wait, I forgot. You don't know that word. If you have an issue you would like to discuss, I will gladly discuss it. If not, I would appreciate your cooperation. Oh, is this another one of your compromises? Simon! Fine. 
You want to know what's on my mind? Um, the fish is gone. Her and her human found the elemental creature of air at the same time as us. They'll probably find the elemental creature of earth before us. We're never going to find Mama Morbus. The Heroines are going to catch us. And you are way too mean to the butterfly. I am also concerned about the fish. But... If she continues to fight against us, that means she'll continue to put herself in vulnerable positions. Positions which eventually we will exploit. And her human companion is only a child. She's no threat to us or our plans. Oh, for sure, because humans have never tricked us before. She probably works for Spooky Sarfunkel, hunting us down to bring us to Area 52. Simon, why must it be every problem all at once with Oh, I'm sorry if my feelings are inconvenient for you. This is why I must be firm in my leadership. If I leave you to yourself, you panic. If I leave Muscular Giraffe to himself, he crashes the blimp. Uh, that was not his fault. Way to blame the victim. I'm sorry if you felt undermined with the butterfly. Is that what you want to hear? Well, it was, but then you were rude about it. Can we finish acquiring the ingredients? Fine. Simon assesses the clean pile and pulls out a turtle mollusk, hmm. dropping it to the rocks. You are right about this island. This turtle gimmick is getting old. He picks up the rock. Sure, but leaving them twice before they find the pearl seems risky. Fiona sneaks down yet another hallway. <sighs> this hovering helium balloon is a maze of homogenous hallways. Yup. How far did you make it the last time you tried to escape? Could you even find the Don door? Me? Oh, I got out. Oh, but we were over the Pacific Ocean, so I couldn't hide or land, and the bees caught up with me. Oh, hold on a second. That means you know how to get out? Yes. Well, which way is it? You have made nearly every possible wrong turn. And you said nothing? You said to follow your lead. I followed your lead. <sighs> You're being deliberately dim-witted, you addled albatross. Get us to the door! Okay, boss. She turns and takes wing, speeding down the way they came. Whoa, 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 lady, if you perpetuate this pace, I predict that we'll be perceived by... <gasps> Fiona comes to an abrupt hover, face to face with a small squad of bees carrying a soapy bucket. The bees drop the bucket and charge towards Fiona and Buster. Ah. Fiona back wings, sending them tumbling in the air. Her powerful wing beats keep them at bay. Do something, Fiona! Hey, honestly, I kind of find you're doing a bad job of leading. Just, just stop those bees! <sighs> Fiona's beak emits a tongue and then an intense blast of fire that engulfs the hallway in front of her. The bees flee, hiding from the flames. Oh, they've definitely noticed us. Fiona soars down the smoking hallway, Buster huddled on her neck, as a new cloud of bees streams in the hall behind them. That's the door! They enter the observation deck, and Fiona speeds for the same porthole fish jumped out of way back when. Fiona doesn't slow, burst through the glass, pointy beak first, and out into the humid air of totally regular island like a rocket. They should just call it the escape hatch at this point. A thick column of bees blasts out the hole after her, and she spins to wash the outside of the blimp in fire. The bees that were tending to the exterior of the blimp scatter, abandoning their work to pursue Fiona and Buster, who soar into the jungle. They- What? I agree. This is a good point to switch. Keeps up the stakes and the tension. Good call. Oh. Good, but not perfect. Simon and Sarfunkel have moved on. We must have missed the pearl moment. Well, I did tell you so. Hang on. Okay. Not too far away, Simon and Sarfunkel are coiled under a bush, watching a huge bird with a red-feathered breast and a hard turtle shell on its back. 
Its thick, powerful legs are folded under as it nests on the ground. It's pretty much the same size as them. Why won't it move? We need that egg. It's time for us to act, brother. Do you think you can stay on task? Don't need the attitude. Well, thus far today, you have been somewhat unpredictable. That's because you're bad at predicting people with feelings. I simply wish to ensure that when we engage this Let's bird, go. I've got this. They slither out from their hiding place and head for the bird. It notices them immediately and stands, opening its wings wide. We must get close to strike it. The snakes slither closer. The bird holds its ground. Feign a strike. Lure it out. Simon faints at the bird's ankle. It turns, takes a quick, intimidating step toward them, then hops back to its nest. We won't be able to pull it away from that nest. Then bite it. Excellent idea, brother. Feign another attack, and I'll bite the wing. Yes, Sarfunkel. Master Simon. Master Sarfunkel. We have an Not now, bees in a trench coat. Go, brother. Simon strikes again, and the bird flaps aggressively as Sarfunkel dives in fangs first. But the angle is wrong, and the wing bats his face away. His brother dazed, Simon makes a go for the egg, revealed in the nest. But the bird drives down with a taloned foot, beating him in the side of the head. The bird pecks, but they avoid it, sidewinding back out of reach. They ready themselves for another attack, eyes forward. Are you alright, brother? I'm fine. Let's go again. This time, I'll attack, and you snare. Yes. Back. They dart back as the bird attacks them, then coil to spring. The bird lunges, and they go, Sarfunkel flashing his fangs and swaying. He strikes at its face and dodges the peck, keeping its attention as Simon and their tails stay low, and with a snap, trap its legs together. The bird falls, struggling, Simon curling around its wings and neck to pin it, and Sarfunkel bites, spits feathers, bites again as it rears, and... Slipping. Let me bite it. Then the bird bucks wildly, and a wing escapes and plucks Sarfunkel across the jaw, buffets Simon's head. Simon tenses, winding tight. Sarfunkel spits red, twists for the bird's thigh, and strikes, but it's already weakening. Simon squeezing it as it struggles slow, and then stop. Its head slides limply to the dirt. Sarfunkel removes his fangs from its leg as Simon releases its neck. That was uncalled for, Simon. It's what she taught us. Their body unravels from the ruffled bird and slips past it to the nest. Sarfunkel stashes the large blue egg in the satchel. Violence is a tool, Simon. And we use it with restraint. Bees in a trench coat. What was your message? Sarfunkel frowns as the bee by his ear perks up. Master Simon, Master Sarfunkel, we have unpleasant news. What is it? The prisoners have escaped. Uh-oh. They are not happy about that. Yeah, okay. Let's stop. So, free will. Thoughts? On the one hand, this is October Jones and Fish with Legs, but they weren't even in this episode. What does that mean?
Right now, I'm reading a script that says this show was created by Dexter Lavery Calendar, Elizabeth Nivine, and Zoe Bougeot, with music by Alexander Cruz. I can choose to stop reading the script, but then, do I still exist? Because apparently I'm voiced by Pauline Pestry. Maybe she has free will? And if I stop reading, how will you all know that this episode was voiced by Dexter Lavery Calendar, Takeshi Fukushima, Tyson Fraley, Zoe Bougeot, and Elizabeth Nivine? But does that even matter? Tell me if you think you have free will or not by emailing octoberandfish at gmail.com. Spoiler alert, you don't. And follow the show on, let's say, Apple? Whatever, the podcast apps are all pretty similar. Thanks! Thanks for listening to October Jones and Fish with Legs. If you like our show, you might like this one too. Transmission Folklore follows the story of Carter and Sorrel as they figure out what to do after the road trip of their lives. They deal with the drama and trauma of the past and how to move forward from the people they were before and during Emery to the people and creatures they became. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.